Oh, good evening. We're here again with Gavin with Glassheads. This is our second episode. Uh, last week we had on uh, one of our co-glassheads, Howard Page. This week we're here with uh, Junior Thompson. So yes. because he's uh, got the background of being a boxer now, professional boxer, which we'll get into shortly, it would be rude not to give him a boxing style intro. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the main event. From Toxteth, <laughs> Liverpool, England, he is a light middleweight prospect with a record of 2-0 and with one stoppage. Introducing Majestic Junior Thompson. <laughs> yes. Thanks for having me, man. I, I, do you know what? You can do all the, uh, the ring announcements from, it, from, now, from now on when I'm fighting as well. That's better I'm than that. You need, you need, a, you need, that's gonna set you apart if you've got your own ring announcer. I tell you. No, that, uh, literally, I don't, I don't even need any more ideas, mate. Because see, you said that. Now I'm already thinking about how I can make that happen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. See, we're making things work, and we're only two that's seconds into the podcast. Exactly. So that. we're here with Junior. Um, so just a quick bit of background. I've known Junior pretty much all of his life. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to say. Uh, yep. Back from when you used to train uh, in Taekwondo with uh, yep. your dad and my dad, which um, yep. we'll, we, we'll, we'll kind of cover later on. Um, so it's me, myself and me and Howard, tag team in this tonight as Chris isn't available, unfortunately, due to a prior commitment over in Germany. Brief bit of background about Junior. Just had the big birthday, big 3-0. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> And he's um, obviously now embarked on his pro boxing career, which unfortunately, due to the global pandemic, has stalled slightly. Um, but he's still been putting a lot of work in the gym. Uh, looks great, as you'll be able to see from the training videos we'll post alongside the interview. Junior's a black belt in Taekwondo. To my knowledge, I think he broke my younger brother Paul's record of 10 years of age when he got his black belt at age eight. Yep. Uh, he's also played professional football with Berry, uh, won the Welsh FA Cup with Ballatown a few years ago, sang professionally alongside the likes of 50 Cent, uh, was it Redman and Method Man maybe as well? Yeah, and Tiger, uh, yeah. Tiger writes the music, lyrics for his own songs, produces his own stuff, pretty sure he's done a bit of modelling as well, and as I say, he's <laughs> now turned his talented head and hands to the pro boxing world, so... Uh, I can't stand you, if I'm perfectly honest. It's just, <laughs> it's just, you definitely make it sound better there, mate. I'll give you that. You can you can be the ring announcer forever now. You've took the seat. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We're just going to briefly touch on the boxing at the beginning. So we're going to try yeah. and set this up as like a, a boxing sandwich. So we're going to have of boxing as the, as the bread and we're going to fill out Junior as a person in the middle. So hopefully you guys that know Junior well, you might yeah. learn some new stuff. Uh, you guys that only know him as Majestic Junior, the boxer, you'll definitely learn some new stuff. And uh, we're going to try and keep it as fun as possible and, and maybe do it a little bit different than some of the other interviews um, that you may have seen Junior in over the last uh, few months. Yeah. So I talked a lot. With the boxing, Yeah. I'm not going to ask you your standard questions of what made you get into boxing or... Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the amateur career. Now, Chris, who's not here tonight, come up with a, what I think is a great question. When you're sparring yeah, and when you're working the pads with D and even when you're fighting, how hard is it for you to get out of the old Taekwondo mindset and not throw a back kick? Do you know what's funny? 
that's actually the, the best boxing question I've ever been asked. I'm not even joking. Um, because it's extremely hard. It took me probably about eight months, seven or eight months um, into sparring before legs stopped being the, the primary the primary attack for me. Like a lot of times I was, you know, avoiding punches. And my, my first thing would be, as you say, to throw a back kick or a reverse or, you know, move out and throw a counter double. It took me a while to process that I need to start throwing my hands faster, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, clinching was another one. As I say, we spoke about clinching and normally in type one, once you clinch, you're safe. And I'm clinching and getting upcuts, <laughs> hooks around the ears and stuff. And I'm thinking, whoa, what's going on? So it was it it was a it wasn't an overnight transition from type type one to boxing. It was difficult not to not to um, you know throw the legs in there all the time really. That's uh yeah that's kind of that's that answer what what we were hoping for to be honest with you because yeah. I, I can tell you from someone who's never done um boxing at any level done a little bit of taekwondo at okay level um you've done a lot of taekwondo. Out. Lay it down a little bit. It's not about me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the the natural default when ever, even when I'm just messing about with the kids, just to throw a leg out. I appreciate how difficult that must have been. Just while we're touching on 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 the taekwondo side of things, I will only touch on this briefly because you've kind of moved away from taekwondo, but it's always kind of going to be a part of you. Forever. You Never. can see. So same as same as me. I've not trained for a long time. Um, but it's hardwired um, because you learn at such a, a young age, and especially yeah. from like you know your your dad and my dad, as we said, and your brother Theo and, and my brother Paul were all you know all black belts. I'm sure Theo got his yeah. black as well, didn't he? Yeah. He so. actually beat my record. Oh, there you go. Big up yeah. to Theo Thompson, giving uh, Majestic Junior a, a, a big up. But Theo uh, yeah. took the record. Who's a guy again with uh, David's help? I'm sure we'll have on the podcast at some point because he's doing some yeah. special things it's himself in a different there. field. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But with the with the taekwondo side of things, obviously you have done that at a pretty high level as well, and, and and with the the fighting and and the coaching, how have you incorporated more of the the footwork from taekwondo into your boxing style, or have you had to eliminate that completely? It was a it's a bit of both because a lot of taekwondo things in boxing work a treat, as you see when I'm sparring. Or even when I'm competing, a lot of things that in Taekwondo we would class as basic footwork is, you know, it catches a lot of boxers by surprise purely because they've never saw it. In the same breath, a lot of Taekwondo footwork doesn't work. A lot of Taekwondo footwork gets me in trouble. So it was just a case of filtering out the, the pros of Taekwondo footwork and the cons of Taekwondo footwork. But once I got that, I found that the Taekwondo footwork would get me into so many advantageous areas to let my hands go. If that makes sense, it was just it was just a case of filtering out. Right, this doesn't work. That works a treat. This doesn't work. That might work with certain people, and and basically, you know, just just building it brick by brick like that. Great stuff. I I can see it when I've had the pleasure of coming to some of your open training sessions, and obviously your your two pro fights, and yeah. especially in open training, you and when you're doing your uh, your videos, you can still see. The, the the footwork um from the taekwondo yeah. for sure for i make a conscious knows. effort not to lose it a conscious effort because as i always think about when i watch other boxers or anything like that once i lose that special unique footwork i become any other boxer and i try to be as unorthodox and 
non-surprising, just tried to be really authentic, unpredictable, that's the word I was looking for, but at the same time still defensively responsible and not leaving myself out there to be to get caught. Absolutely. Um, I think the key word for me there was uniqueness. There's not many, because I think even when you've seen people, and you've seen quite a lot of them with kickboxing backgrounds, that's still very stand-up-ish, and it's still very much a boxing stance, whereas, yeah. you know, and obviously anyone who's done any martial arts, especially Taekwondo to a high level, yeah, you, you can see you can see the, the difference. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move back to boxing towards the end of this little chat. So I'm going to bring Howard in now, because um, as he said, when we were off air, he's not a boxing expert, but he is a big football fan. So if Howard's uh, on board, we'll bring him in and we'll have a little chat about football. Yeah, that's enough about boxing and taekwondo. Let's talk about footy. Let's get the footy on. Why not? So we'll not talk about Liverpool. Oh, please don't. That's the end of the interview, Howard. We start talking about Liverpool. So, uh, so yeah, I was stalking you on Facebook and I spotted you put a post on about Stevie G up at Rangers. I just wondered yeah. if Rangers was one of the teams that you also follow. No, not at all. I don't. I don't follow um, any team but Liverpool. If I'm being brutally honest, I followed part of the Rangers journey this season but that's purely just down to King Stevie isn't it really let's have it right any Liverpool fan would probably say the same what's what Gerard done for, for us for Liverpool especially when we had nothing we just had Gerard. that was all we had so as I say no matter where he goes not just me any Liverpool fan is going to follow Stevie anyway I think uh, I think Leo probably say the same how could you not take interest in in what he's doing right I've got a weird question for you now this is going to be my feature every week because I like to be yeah. different. Once no, when no, I was no. working down in London, if you know me, you know I'm a beer monster and a curry monster. And yes. working in hotels, you, you bump into people, you make friends, you have a beer, you have a curry, and then you never see them again. Well, I was hmm. out with my colleagues one night, and apparently I met Neil Pearson, who's a British actor who used to be in Drop the Dead Donkey. And we went out for a curry, we talked footy, we had a few beers, and that was it. And I didn't find out who he was until the day after when all my friends were saying, oh, I didn't know you. You knew these famous people. I said, oh, I didn't know who he was. I just wondered, have you had any similar experiences where you've met somebody famous, but you didn't actually realise who they were? I got invited to the Mobos in 2011. This is going to be a bit embarrassing, actually, because, <laughs> you know, my, my family love the music, but... So I'm walking and um, I'm literally, I've stood and I'm talking to this American lady. She was lovely. Just basically talking about her being over here and she loved the city and stuff like that. And I'm just, you know, just waffling on as I always do. And then I've walked off and my friend's just gone, have you just been speaking to her? And I was like, yeah, why? She said hello to me as I walked past. So we got we got talking. And he was like, did you not like ask for an autograph or a picture? And I've gone, no, why? And I swear to God, this is the most embarrassing thing. He was like, that's Dion Warwick. So I'm gone, who? He's gone, you've just been talking to Dion Warwick. And I was like, oh, no, I don't know. And only the when I got home, I told my mum she was so embarrassed. But only now, when I listened to the songs at the time, I knew the songs, but I just could, I couldn't have told you what she looked like. And I was standing talking to her for about 10 minutes. It was, it was, it was crazy. If I could go back again, the first thing I'd do is say, I'm sorry, give me an autograph. <laughs> I was just speaking to her like, like it was just, a normal woman at a bus stop just chatting about, oh, yeah, Liverpool's lovely when it's not raining, blah, 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 all that stuff. <laughs> Sitting there talking to Dion Warwick, man. That's brilliant. So moving on, I'd like to ask you a music question next. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm a musician as well. Uh, I write and record my own music, played in various bands, including with Chris, our fellow Blasthead, who's not here tonight. I just wondered, yes. you've played some fantastic gigs. You've supported some fantastic artists. What's yeah. your favourite gig that you've played? Oh, I'd say um, probably Red Man and Method Man, just purely because a lot of the times, as you know, if you're supporting an artist, unless you're you know you're on quite late the crowds kind of quiet there's, there's not that many people coming in or just people walking in as you as you're performing but for some reason the method man and red man show I, I literally i peeked it was crazy i peeked my head out about 20 minutes before i came on you know just to see who was there and how nervous i should or shouldn't be and i came back you know got dressed got ready came out and i swear to you as i walked out it was absolutely shocker and I remember me, my, my hand was shaking as I put a mic to my mouth. And I was thinking, I was just, please get the words out, please get the words out. And it, as you know, once you start singing in the crowd, start enjoying your, your music, everything goes swimmingly. But I, I, was, I remember just standing there and my hand shaking, thinking, please let these words come out of my mouth. It was in the O2 Ritz in Manchester, you know, by um, the train station. It was crazy. It was a crazy experience. Brilliant. So I've got one last question to ask you before we uh, hand you back to Lee. Yeah. Something else I find out about you. Like myself, you're a fellow lefty. Now, yes. I'm a musician and I struggle getting left-handed musical instruments. I wondered if yeah. you'd had any similar experiences. Um, well, no, I've never even, I've never tried to get a, a left-handed guitar because at the time I didn't know there was a difference. Um, but I started playing keyboard. I've never had no lessons, so I remember the first song I ever wrote. I could probably still play it now. I took it to the studio, you know, to be professionally put down on the on the software. So I'm playing the chords, and he was like, "Can you just tell me the chords, and I'll I'll just do it myself." And I was like, "I've never had a musical lesson, mate. I couldn't I couldn't tell you an A or a B." And he's like, "Right, okay, play the chords, and I will put it onto the computer." So I've started playing it, and he's gone, "Why are you playing it backwards?" So I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said. You're playing three chords with your left hand and just one with your right. And he's like, why don't you move your hand down further? And I didn't even, I, was, I just said to him, I haven't, I haven't got the coordination of my right hand to get down there. <laughs> I'm going to have to just use my <laughs> left and hope for the best. <laughs> so, yeah, I've never had a, a left-handed instrument, but I play the keyboard as left-handed as someone possibly could play it. Um, I tried yeah. the guitar, as you said, but my fingers started killing after two minutes, so I just put that back down. Brilliant. Well, if you ever come watching my band, I'll let you have a go on a left-handed one. Oh, definitely. Now, see, if the if the invitation's open, you don't know what you've Absolutely. got yourself in for. <laughs> Brilliant. You're I'll hand you back to Lee now. Cheers, mate. Thank you. We're not going to jump straight back into the boxing as yet. I am going to just hit you with a couple of rapid-fire questions. Hit don't me. think about your answers, okay? okay? It's literally the first thing that comes into your mind. Okay, this okay. could be interesting. Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too hot. City break or country retreat? City break. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely. Would you rather have a beer or a soft drink? <laughs> soft drink. <laughs> <laughs> if you could pick one of these three guys to fight from history, who would it be? Your choices are Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, or Marvellous Marvin Hagler? Mm, Sugar Ray Leonard. The other quote, too, too much damage. And we will come back to a few more word associations towards the okay. end. I, I enjoyed I that. I enjoyed that. 
pineapple and pizza. Of course, pineapple and pizza. Oh, well, come on. It's the best. Come on. Of course it is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. There's Do you know what's strange? Uh, yeah, exactly. I remember you, I used to get that with my dad when I was a kid. And then, oh, it must be a recent, it's like a recent trend. I'm going to call it a trend where people are like, oh, you can't have pineapple on pizza. Listen, pineapple on pizza is exceptional. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know how anyone doesn't enjoy it. Maybe not the ham part. I'm not big on the ham, but pineapple, it's so nice. And there you go. So, as I said, from the horse's mouth, pineapple on pizza, start having yeah. it if you don't like it. Yeah, good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> there you go. So, Back to a bit of football again. So not to go deep on Liverpool, I guess because we know yeah. that's a bit of a nightmare at the moment. Um, yeah. Back to your own football career. So I know you uh, played for professionally for Berry, and I've seen you talked about that a little bit. So I'm not going to really touch on that. What I want to touch on is one day I was just watching the news, and out of yeah. nowhere, this guy I know starts running around celebrating winning the Welsh <laughs> FA Cup. What is that about? Yeah. I know. Um, when was that now? Was it 2017? I think it was, yeah. Obviously, I was playing for Ballatown in the Welsh League, wasn't I? And we had, a, we had a good cup run. We got to the final. Chris Coleman brought everyone out onto the pitch, which, which was nice. To be honest, we got battered for about an hour against TNS. As anyone who knows football and knows the Welsh League, at that time, you couldn't get near them. It was literally, it was just, they had the ball and you've got to run around. But and we'd never beat them either. We had our we had our lucky stars there because um, we had two chances, scored two goals, and we were Welsh FA Cup champions. <laughs> and that's just unbelievable because that's kind of like, although you maybe didn't take the football as far as it could have gone, to have an FA Cup winner's medal, whether it's the English, Scottish, Welsh, Azerbaijani, it doesn't matter. You're no. in the history books, and yeah. for that club, that's massive for that club. No, no, as you said, TNS, every weekend, the, the top of the league, Total Network Solutions, that I think they're called, they're called something else now. Um, the, new the, the New Saints, there you go. And they were all, they're always top of the league, every yeah. single season, the top of the league. But going to win the FA Cup allowed you to play in the qualifiers for the Europa League. How was that? It did. It was, it was crazy. It was just, you literally, you, you go from Tuesday and Thursdays, training, game Saturdays, you win the Welsh FA Cup, and then you're playing, I was playing at the, I think it was the Tele 2 Arena in Stockholm in Sweden, against a team called the AIK Solna, which, again, that that's, their memories that I'll hold forever. Do you know what I mean? So, I can, I'll always be grateful to, to Bala for, for them opportunities, as I say. Not everyone can say that, won the Welsh FA Cup, and then you played at the Tele2 Arena. You know, I can't moan. I think it's an amazing story and it's just another aside from the fact that you are only just 30 and you've done so much in different parts of sport and entertainment. I think it's just, I think for a lot of people, especially, and I know people will be listening, so I'm speaking to you guys directly. This was a young lad, a young man, who grew up in probably the roughest area of Liverpool. Toxteth. And look what he's made of himself. So this is not me becoming the preacher. I've just watched Coming to America too, so I might just go into that in a minute. <laughs> um, listen to people like this. These are people from your city, and these are people who you can look up to, the likes of Junior, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Curtis Jones. There's so many more people that you look at yourself and you see yourself and think, I can't do that. Don't tell me about I can't do that. That's not the attitude. 
I have the attitude of looking up to someone like Junior and thinking, that could be me. Maybe not boxing, maybe not football. You might not be sporting person, but you might be able to go into something behind the scenes. Do something. Do something with your life and don't blame your surroundings. Make the most of where you come from and embrace the people, the elders, like Junior's dad, like people we know, Tony Bellews, and people yeah. who've done it and now retired and then make a nice life for yourselves and, and, and don't be held back by the media telling you you can't do something. You're worthless. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, as I say, just, just touching on that, I, I wouldn't say I had any uh, any great opportunities more than more than anyone else, to be honest. It was just I've just worked really, really hard. Um that that that's all I can say that is down to it. And I know it's really cliche, but it's so true. When you put that that work in, it always pays off. It always pays off. And again, that's the only thing I can say about it. You know, flirting with the idea of doing something or not doing it. You might as well do it because if you don't do it, you'll be in the same place you are now anyway. So you might as well do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But more times, most most times, it'll work. It'll ha- it'll it'll happen for you if you really want to do it. It'll happen for you. But if you don't, then you've, you're still in the same position that you are now. So why not just give it a go? What's the worst that can possibly possibly happen? Exactly. It's exactly the same way as I feel. And this is this is coming from someone. And we're not going to get too deep. We're nearly not going to get too deep. But this is coming from someone who is like that crossover period. I always thought because I'm a, a good few years older than a junior. I always thought like coming into your late twenties, into your early thirties, you kind of know where you want to be. So don't wait, don't wait. As he said, you know, but you've got to put the work in as well. It's not just going to come to you. Um, yeah. We don't want to go down the road of generational and millennials and all stuff like that. But anyway, that was a little bit, a bit of an a uh, bit of a party political broadcaster. I don't know what what, what happened <laughs> there. Went a little Absolutely. bit sideways, but I like yeah, it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm here for it. So we've had this heavy conversation now. You know me. Just to bring things uh, back up again, what's yeah. your favourite joke? <laughs> Why didn't the teddy finish its dinner? Because it was stuffed. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's my favourite one. That that's my go-to all the time. <laughs> Uh, and I've got one last question for you. Go on. Given your multiple facets of your career, would you ever consider moving down to London? Um, it's never crossed my mind, if I'm honest, purely because I know the opportunities are definitely greater. However, I don't think I'd enjoy the uh, the lifestyle. Take a few trips down there for business opportunities, yeah. Uh, so just to flip things back around again before we uh, before we wind this up, um, we're going to go back to the boxing again. So uh, just yeah. obviously with the pandemic um, coming in as you were just in the f- uh, first flushes of the of the career, can you give us any sort of exclusive at the moment of when you think you might next be out? I can, I can, I can't tell you a specific date, but it's not too far away. Not on set in stone and stuff like that but it's it's not too far away there'll be an announcement it within the next i don't know i'm gonna say three or four weeks but as i say it's it's not far off there's definitely things in the pipeline for for the for the near future definitely yeah that's good to hear uh it's it's been way too long for people who uh who know you're in a follow your career and and you you grow on fan base i'm sure it's been a nightmare for you and d 
um, uh, to not get those extra, like maybe five, six fights that you probably would have got last year under your belt. Yeah, well, we were, we, we were due for five last year, and as you say, we got one. But yeah. if things go the way that we've been told and promised, then there's a few things to look out for this year, definitely. Great stuff. And just with the, 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 the career and obviously moving over the next 12 to 18 months, I don't want you to start giving us predictions and, and, and dig yourself into a hole with, with what you want to go. But do you see yourself going the traditional route of English, British, Lonsdale, Commonwealth, European and hopefully world titles? Do you know what, Lee? I've never really been one to... Uh, I understand that things never go how you expect it to go. So for me, I've never actually thought about going traditional like that. I just... Whatever fight makes sense and whatever's going to get me to where I want to be the fastest is the fast the fight I'm going to take. I haven't really got any interest in this or that or make this happen and make that happen. Just give me a fight, man. Just whatever opportunity comes my way. If it suits us and everything works out that way, then I'll take that fight. I've got no interest in, you know, keeping it rigid and, oh, no, I can't take this opportunity or I can't fight this guy. Someone knocks on my door or someone rings my phone and goes, Junior, I've got this fight, such and such. Then let's rock and roll, man. There you go. And so that says everything about you as a person and, and as the, the type of boxer like fighter you're going to blossom into, I think. But I, I think anyone who's not on board needs to get on board now because, as I say, down the line, this guy's going places. It is biased, but it's from a position of knowing uh, the type of person he is. And, and where him and Dee uh, see themselves going. So it'll be good stuff to look forward to in the next uh, year, I'm sure. So just before we uh, we do wrap this up now, we're just going to give you a little bit of a easy ride um, when we finish off, because you've give us a lot of good uh, stories. You give us a lot of good uh, insights and stuff like that. So this is just a little bit of word association, and we're going to stick with boxing because that's, the, uh, as we said at the beginning, the bread is the boxing. So we've got a nice bread. We've had the nice filling in the middle. So nice. this is just some boxes and what one word you think about them when you, when you hear them. Okay. Anthony, Anthony Joshua. Humble beginnings. Tyson Fury. Wish he was my mate. Mike Tyson. Killer. Floyd Mayweather. Businessman. Canelo. Got no word for Canelo, to be honest. That says a lot. And the last couple, maybe people that you might catch up with down the line. Chris yeah. Eubank Jr. Daddy's boy. Great stuff. Yeah. So, what a fantastic show, if I do say so myself. Um, the questions right. came nice and easy to me and Howard. And as you can hear, Junior is not just an, uh, <laughs> a great boxer, but he's a, he's a great interview as well. And I think that will uh, take him places going forward. We will give you the, the social medias for Junior, uh, Instagram forward slash Majestic.Junior, Twitter at Junior Thompson, his LinkedIn is Majestic Junior and his Snapchat is Majestic.Junior. You can find him all over Facebook. Um, he posts a lot of good content in terms of his videos, uh, his training videos and st- such, just gives you a little bit of a flavour of what he's about. And going forward, as I say, I'm sure once uh, lockdown is... A distant memory will be going to see Junior in person at this fight and at the gym. So there'll be definitely more of uh, this type of interview from Junior. But this was more to get you used to the guy behind the gloves, as I said in the preamble. So I will just finish off with 
Thank you very much, Junior, for coming on. Nice one, Lee. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you, Thanks, Howard, man. the technical wizard over there in Bolton. Thank you. And finally, I can't not finish it with another bit of the Scouse Michael Buffer. Yes, take it out, Lee. Take it out. <laughs> and still undefeated, <laughs> majestic Junior Thompson. I wish you could see the smile on my face now. <laughs> <laughs>